This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's with Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. Dean is gone and Sam's got a dog. You want to play Cowboys and Bloodsuckers, that's fine. What the heck is going on? This is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I are covering every single episode of the TV show Supernatural. And Chris, we're back with season eight and a good episode. Like, I don't think yeah. this episode is great, but I think this episode is pretty good. Back at it again with a pretty good episode. It's, it's yeah. continuing the trend. I'm going to put this in, in the win column. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's good. It's keeping the trend up, which is really good because beginning of season uh, eight here was, was starting to worry me. Yeah, I, I got a, I got a little concerned there for a little bit because there were some two pretty abysmal episodes. The last couple, uh, this one and the last one, last week's episode have both been really great. So, uh, and this is the return of Castiel, and and kind of a big way. And I'm I'm kind of excited about it. Yeah, they um they do they do a lot of fun stuff with this episode, and I don't know that this is what I was asking for with Castiel, but like I'm kind of glad we got it. Yeah, me too. Like I like when they explore Castiel's kind of funny side because uh, mm-hmm. he seems to be that that rare breed of unintentionally hilarious. And I know like Misha Collins plays that character very specifically, but I'm not saying that. But like the character of Castiel is oftentimes just just you know hilarious in, in unintentional mm-hmm. ways. And I you know just like the 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 voice is telling me I'm running out of minutes, Dean. I don't have a lot of time. Like that right. kind of stuff is is really good. I um, don't think. Well, I Castiel is not my favorite character. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that Misha Collins might be my favorite actor on the show. He's Chris, just so good. This is episode ninety-one, and we have recorded like multiple other podcasts on Supernatural. I know, I know that he, oh, she's not your favorite I character. Should, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I guess I sh- it's been like a super long time, and I've never let you guys know that um, my favorite character is actually um, Sam. Yes. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just want to make that clear. And mine is definitely Dean. That's why we did this podcast together. That's like the whole point. It was it was the only reason. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. If we were both like super huge Sam fans, that'd be very weird. It it would be a little weird. Like I feel like uh it would be a worse podcast for it because we would just be just kind of moaning about how there's not enough Sam time. <laughs> we just yeah, just be mad all the time. Another episode where they just ruin our boy, right, Chris? Yeah. Right, Jeremy? Wow. <laughs> it's it's almost as if they want me to go dark side or something. Well, it's, before we jump into the main episode, let's thank the wonderful patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. Uh, our newest one is Heather. Thank you very much. No, excuse me. I'm sorry. I think we thanked Heather last week and I tricked myself. Well, shout out to Heather. Shout out way. to Heather again. Uh, shout out to Jason. I think it was one of the Marvel. Shout out to Jason. Um, if you have pledged to our Patreon, by the way, and have not gotten shouted out and you want to hear your name, like just send mm-hmm. me a quick message either on Patreon or Discord yeah. or on Twitter. I'd, I had a list and I lost my list and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So just, just let me know. It's- it's tough for Jeremy to do this because I keep going into his Google Doc and deleting names out of there. Um, I'm, I'm a really real frustrated. Scale, he, he, I didn't realize that until just now. I thought I was just going. I thought I was just getting uh, having mental issues. I thought I was having some senior problems. Uh, but no, no, Chris is Chris is trolling me. But our Patreon is is really cool. You get access to uh, exclusive podcasts like Don't Give Up Sky Pesca. 
Don't give up Space Cowboy, Silver for Monsters. Don't give up Spaghetti. Is Don't our, give up Spaghetti. Uh, pasta podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's, our, it's our Mario Party podcast, where me and Chris play Mario Party <laughs> on the mic. There's no video component, so you can't see what's happening. It's no. just it's just Chris and I we're reacting to it. Yeah, yeah, we're not have... yeah, we're not vodcasters. Am I right? That's the whole thing. <laughs> it takes way more work. Uh, but thank you to everybody who's doing that. And if you if you haven't considered doing it, uh, I think the biggest thing right now is just the Discord because like it's it's. Our, our discord has happened we even created mm-hmm. a uh, a spoiler channel channel for spider-man today at, yeah. at the request of maybe just one yeah. person and me we've so. gone deep we've gone deep <laughs> uh chris can you catch us up with what's been happening in season eight so far and can you do I it sure can you can. do it without saying the words brick homes i'm very curious <laughs> um i don't know <laughs> i wrote this a while ago and i don't know <laughs> i'll let you know a lot has happened in the first seven episodes of season eight it's true. dean came back from from purgatory uh, the show did a Vampire Diaries crossover. Sam negged a girl into adopting his dog, or something like that. Uh, Kevin lost his finger. <laughs> I couldn't do it, and the world lost a sports superstar in Brick Holmes. <laughs> but nothing could compare to the return of Castiel. Our feathered friend is bearded, burly, and back from the perk, ready to tell Dean all about how he pulled out at the last minute, and Dean doesn't have anything to worry about. Uh, meanwhile, the boys catch up with Kevin just in time to have Crowley steal half of the now broken tablet. Despite this, things are starting to look up for our heroes, only to have Castiel mysteriously whisked away to Angel Office Depot, where he is commanded by an angel named Naomi, who helps rescue him from the Perg, to report to the uh, to report on the Winchesters. Uh, though his memory will be wiped clean each time he does this. Uh, will Castiel accidentally betray the Winchesters? Who is this mysterious Metatron mentioned in the tablet? And will Sam ever stop stalking his ex girlfriend? Only time will tell. Um, Angel Office Depot. Where do you, what do you mm-hmm. think that Office Depot looks like? Was it the white? Is it the white? Is that what's happening? Yeah, there? they is were that... in an office, and I just thought it would be funnier to call it Office Depot. Like where Did, he's going to buy. Were there like nineteen inch CRTs stacked at like eighteen feet high on, on some There's racks? Like a, a ton of chairs, just like a lot of staples, a lot of furniture in there that nobody will ever a lot use. Of furniture. No, no, man. I used to be. Uh, I used to. Well, that was one of the like coolest things in the world when I was a kid. Like when I was like a small teenager. Like I just wanted like mm-hmm. a real cool office furniture setup. <laughs> I thought that was if the dopest shit go, ever. I thought you were going to say something like this because if we had to go like Staples or Office Depot, whatever it was, I'd be like, uh, "Go and do your thing, Dad. I'll be in the chair section, yeah, trying I'm, them all out. I'm go try. <laughs> see what the butt feel is on each, each and, and every one of these chairs. Eleven year old spinning in these two hundred dollar office chairs." <laughs> <laughs> uh love the fact that you left Burke Holmes in. Thank you very much. You did that for me, I know. Had to do it to him, you know. So this week we're covering season eight, episode eight, Hunteri Hiroshi, written by Andrew Dabb, directed by Paul Edwards. This came out on November twenty eighth, two thousand and twelve. Cartoons aren't always funny. Castiel tells Sam and Dean that he's beca- decided to become a hunter like them. Sam and Dean aren't sold on the idea, but agree to investigate a case of Cass found where a man's heart literally burst through his chest. The guys, the guys, I don't know why that's so funny to me. The guys discover, (laughs) the guys, the guys guys discover there have been more than one odd murder in the small town and all of them resemble cartoon deaths. Uh, This is a pretty decent episode that I don't Mm -hmm. necessarily like kind of the way that it wraps up very much. Um, And I think that I feel like this episode would be, as I usually say, uh, 100% better without all of the boring-ass flashbacks. Oh my god. At least, like, they made a point with them. Like, they had a reason for doing them, but that doesn't mean that I enjoyed them. Yeah, and the point, I did not care about it all. I, uh, I, just, right. I just didn't really care about it. And This I- is a point that they could have, they could have just 
dealt with in like the second episode because spoilers the point is that sam can't run away from his problems and he realized that yeah and even that i think the the issue with that though is that like he hasn't (laughs) like he's been talking like for the last eight weeks about how he how much after this case is done he's he's out again he's gonna go back to his life so it's 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 a weird situation and then like because we're dealing like because we're spending so much time in sam past uh the way that we discover like kind of who done it is the boys remember that their friend that their dad had a friend that was psychic like or yeah. psychokinetic and i'm like you guys like, like extremely powerful wizard yeah like you guys knew you guys know a wizard and have not been keeping up with him <laughs> like why yeah. wouldn't you like this guy you, you need this guy on your team why? this guy's huge this guy is like he's affecting the reality the very makeup of reality the rules yeah. of the universe around him like he could have probably helped out during that whole apocalypse sitch yeah like get, pick up a phone well, and we're going to get to it, but that's there, there's some there's some stuff like that in this episode that I, I don't really like. Also, uh, I just want to issue a correction. I think on the last episode or the episode before that, uh, I was making fun of uh, one of the writers' names, who was Eugenie, and I thought maybe there was a typo, and it was actually Eugene. Eugenie is actually a person, and it's uh, Robert Singer's wife, uh, and she wrote the episode. And I feel bad about making fun of her name because I think yeah, Eugenie so is a fine name as long Eugenie- as it's not a nickname for a dude named Eugene. <laughs> So. If you're if you're listening, Eugenie, which good chances you are, we're very sorry. Very popular podcast, so we're definitely <laughs> definitely getting all of the supernatural staff in there. You know what I like to do when I get home from my long work day, Chris, is I like to listen to a podcast that's, that talks about how I did in my job. Yeah, I love listening to podcasts about traffic after I get out of sitting in traffic just to know about it. You know, this week on Jeremy sold meters. Uh, Jeremy, he didn't really sell a lot of meters this week. What do you think about that, <laughs> Jeremy? You better have a conversation with your wife. <laughs> so yeah, apologies that I messed up Eugenie and I, I made kind of a dumb joke at Eugenie's expense. I didn't did not mean to, and uh, thank you for the several people that have written in and uh, and talked to us about it. Told told you that they're taking their money back unless you issue an apology. Uh, one person did write in and say, "Well, I guess I shouldn't say this, but one person did write in and say, like, it's Eugenie, but don't include this in the season feedback, season season eight feedback." And I was like, "Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. No big deal." <laughs> Instead, I included it in the next episode. You're welcome. Just trying to let you know, not trying to be a dick about it. Yeah, that's yeah. all. Don't make it into a whole thing, guys. I know you love making shit into whole things. Please don't make this into a whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just we're not gonna make shirts name and say eugenie on them or anything like that uh none of that's gonna happen um so we start the episode with a dude kind of waiting in a park uh yeah. for a girl and she gets there and there uh there there's kind of some weird stuff like there's some weird undercurrents but none of that really matters mm-hmm. because they like hug and kiss and then she's like what is that noise and he's like what do you mean and she's like i can hear some weird thumping and he's like you can hear that and it's it's, it's oh, that's my vibrator sorry, yeah, sorry my bad uh <laughs> He opens his shirt because it's it's his heart, and he's it's and his heart is literally pounding out of his chest like uh, Wiley Coyote style, like doing the yeah. doing that whole like I've seen I've seen a really attractive woman and like my heart is bursting through my chest, and then it literally bursts and it covers this poor woman yeah. in blood, uh, yeah. which is extremely hilarious and gruesome at the same time, and I love it. It's just a um, just a classic super. He, he, my first note, I'm looking at my notes for this right now, and the first thing I wrote was some dork named Gary on a first date. Some dork named not Gary. Accurate, really. His <laughs> name is Gary. And again, this is not this is not podcaster Gary. This is my old father Gary is what I call to mind when I think of when I think of the name. Sure, of course. Yeah. Uh 
So we go over to Sam and Dean, who are uh, at a convenience store. Are they drinking beer in the parking lot of a gas station? It seems like they are drinking beer in the parking lot of a gas station, which, Chris, that is... root beer? If they're drinking root beer, I don't want to know. No, I don't. I, just, I don't need I, to know that that's soda. I don't want that to be like yeah. uh, cream soda or anything. I need yeah. that to be a just a good old fashioned like IPA micro brewed. Found out about him. <laughs> he can't stop. He, that's why there's only two. That's why he's not carrying a six pack because he paid seven dollars right. seven dollars each for that micro brew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they're totally drinking in the parking lot. Uh, Sam's on the phone. He's talking to Linda, uh, Kevin's mom, is this trend, uh, and relays to to Dean that uh, Garth has them in his safe houseboat, which yeah. is a which is a portmanteau I can definitely get behind. A safe houseboat is good. No one is safe. Nobody is house. Nobody is boat. Is the, is the movie version of, of safe houseboat? Uh, I like that. I I like that Sam goes to hand the phone to Dean. Like, oh yeah, he's right here. Uh, Talk to him, and then Dean's just like, "Oh, what tunnel?" And then he just hangs up immediately. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't care about this phone conversation at He's all. Like, I'm not doing this. Uh, also, Castiel is there, mm-hmm. uh, and Dean asked him, "What's the word, Cast?" And Cast responds, "An abbreviated version of my name." Very good, very good, Castiel. Uh, they're asking him to kind of like listen in on Angel Radio, and he says he can't do that anymore because he blocked out uh, the subsonic frequencies, which are which was apparently pretty easy for him. Castiel's going to give us a little window into the mechanics of being an angel in this episode, and mm-hmm. it's all about frequencies for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what Andrew Dab was was thinking, or if he was just listening to a lot of REMs. But uh, like that's there's some there's some there's some frequency chat in this thing. Yeah, I know. Like the first time that we are introduced to Castiel, it's him coming through the radio frequency. Mm-hmm. Um, but so they just took oh, that good, and they ran with yeah, it. Yeah, good point. Good point. I didn't. I got kind of forgot. I didn't forget about it, but I didn't really put that t- that together. I bet there's some weird like conspiracy theory lore about like t- people t- tuning into Angel Radio like for real or like Alien Radio, whatever it is that they're just. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just gonna. It's Google. not in the Bible though. <laughs> I'm just gonna Google much. Angel Radio for real question mark <laughs> and see. <laughs> Unfortunately, Angel Radio is actually like a station, so this is this, the, all of the search results are for that, which, which is kind I of a see. bummer. Okay. So anyway, uh, Castiel has decided that he is going to become a hunter, just like Sam and Dean, uh, and he is he has found a case. Uh, and Sam and Dean are like kind of not really convinced about this. They seem to be uh, very leery of this, and they they kind of go out of their way to shame and humiliate Castiel in, in his efforts to become yeah. a hunter, which feels kind of mean to me <laughs> like <laughs> it's a little bit mean-spirited that like it's just like the boys being boys over here like i don't know they're just like really like ribbing them um the highlight of this whole scene though is when castiel tells them about the case and he's just so eager he's just he's so excited to like be a part of it and then they're both like yeah i don't know <laughs> castiel saying that sounds like our, our kind of thing yep. like the winchester tagline Sounds like our kind of thing. And Dean he just looks at them. him. Dean just looks at him like, well, where did you learn this? He looks at him like yeah. he looked at Garth when Garth said balls last episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, um, I, I like this. I, it's weird to me because the only thing that we've really seen that's a requirement to be a hunter really is just like a, a person in your family has to die by means of monster, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty much the only requirement. And then mm-hmm. I know that Sam and Dean are touted as bad, badass hunters and they're like the best at what they do, a la Wolverine or whatever, but still like here's an angel with teleportation powers. Yeah. Let, train him. Like this is, remember Once again, you have a wizard on your team and yeah. you're training him like shit. Didn't, didn't Dean, when they met Jesse, the, the child apocalypse boy that no one's heard from since, uh, didn't mm-hmm. Dean say like, we should raise him and just turn him into a hunter. He'll be great at it. And like now, like, where is that Dean at? I want to, I want to, yeah. 
Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, doesn't make any sense. He's just got jokes, and he's like, "Yo, Castiel, yeah, you can be our third wheel," which, by the way, isn't a good thing, like you think it is. Um, <laughs> Cass's third wheel routine to, is great. It offers stability. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna have to ride in the Impala with us. Um, but you can't just zap there. Like you have to come with us. If you're part of the team, you're part of the team. Because Dean wants to bond on the Impala. That's, that's his whole thing. He's like, we both have to smell Sam's farts. Yep. It's just part of the deal. Um, and Castiel tries to ride in the front seat, and Sam's just like, nope. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, we jump over to the morgue uh, where they have this kind of um, this interesting character that's like she doesn't really get a lot of screen time, but she she sort of kind of steals the scene every time she's in it with this detective chick. Yeah. She's, she's really like personality. Yeah, she has a lot. And like she th- she's not a part of the story or anything like she's just kind of there to be like one of the side characters or whatever. But it's she just I don't know what it is about her, but like she, she just has a good rhythm or something like I don't I don't know what yeah, it is. I really like another- her. There's another character in this episode that feels like a good actor. Like, he's not doing anything, like, serious, but he just doesn't... He seems different than what Supernatural usually has, and I and I really appreciate it. The same with her. It's just these people who are, like, fresh out of acting school, maybe. I don't know. They just got their chops. They're ready, they're ready to do it. They're ready to rock. Uh, Castiel uh, is... So they, they go to the morgue, and they're examining this body. Um, she thinks that it's the detective lady thinks that it's some sort of drug. Castiel loudly whispers that there's no drugs in the system. Once the detective lady uh, leaves, Castiel starts smelling the body to determine mm-hmm. everything about it. Uh, this seems extraordinarily useful. Like, I know it's kind of creepy and gross, but it ex- looks extremely useful. Castiel, like, determines that this dude was very healthy at the time and had, like, no weird heart issues or anything. Uh, but Sam, but he, and he's kind of saying, like, Castiel's kind of eager, and he's like, yeah, we, we know that there was nothing wrong with him. Like, we, know, we, we now have found out everything without, without wasting a lot of time. Yeah. And Sam is like, what did you find out? He's having an affair? Because I yeah, guess he Sam picked up a file and Hunter started reading. Vision on a file, and he found it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why don't you ease up on that L two that you're smashing my boy Kaz with right now? <laughs> cool your jets, Sammy. God and damn. then literally everything that this dude does triggers a flashback. Uh, and he's like, "Oh, I smelled a foot, and now I'm going to remember that time that me and Amelia moved in together, and then I had to meet her dad, and he was mean to me because I'm tall and weird." That's that entire flashback. That's the entire flashback. Uh, I do like that Sam and Dean. Before we get to flashback territory, they they kind of trade some stuff back and forth about what happened because this guy had like an elaborate setup to meet his mistress. And uh, Sam and Dean, after all of that, Sam said, "It was yep. This sounds witchy, all right. <laughs> like this yep. is definitely some witch activity." Uh, Wrong, Sam. Do Wrong. we need do we need to go through all of the Amelia flashback no, stuff? No, he almost looks at her photo album with her dead husband, um, and then her dad shows up, and he's bald and short, and he's mean to big handsome Sam, and I don't get it. But here we go. And he's great. Moving on. By the way, I think I don't remember. Uh, I don't know what his what his name was. I don't know what his actor name, but I've seen him in tons of stuff, and it's it's really good. Yeah, I have too. He like he's like, oh, you went to a great school, but how come you're just a fucking shitty mechanic? I'm gonna shame you because you're tall and hot. <laughs> it makes sense that you're working as a maintenance guy because you look like a real fixer upper. I'm like, thank you, pun dad. Yeah. <laughs> we okay, get it. I'm sorry. This this man is sculpted. You look at Chris <laughs> Mosier and you say this guy's a fixer upper, but Sam Winchester's a hunk. Um, so they go to investigate. They go back. We go back to the investigation. They're interviewing the widow. Uh, Castiel says, "I'm going to take over this investigation." And basically starts, uh, yeah, yelling at this poor woman in a really hilarious fashion. Dean pulls him back and uh, <laughs> says, "I was just being the bad cop." And Dean says, "You were being bad everything," which yeah. is really good. D- Dean's very exasperated. Just listen to Sam. Like, look at what he's doing. <laughs> this is what we're supposed to do. But Sam does the very much the. I'm very sorry, ma'am. Could you please tell me? I just. Ev- 
all these little interactions. This is why this episode's good. The storyline, I don't give, I don't give a flip about Jeremy. Do you hear me? I don't give a flip about this storyline, okay. but I do like these interactions quite a bit. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like the the actual plot here is not is not super, it's interesting and like there's some funny comedic moments, but I'm like especially at the end it kind of loses all of the goodwill it generated at the beginning yeah. with the funny animated um, stuff. Did you pick up their uh their rock names by the way? No, what are they? Um because it was here where when he pulls Kaz out, he's like you'll have to apologize for Agent Nash and I was like Agent Nash uh and apparently they because there's three of them, they, they name themselves Agent Cosby, Agent Stills, and Agent Nash. Of course, of course, of course. I usually on theme still. I usually don't like those. Like I usually kind of just skip over them or whatever. I mean, like it's yeah. a it's a fun bit, but like it's not like anything yeah. to really call out. But like the the fact that they have three people now, so they immediately yeah. like up the ante. Um, it's pretty good. I guess it's gonna be Agent uh, Agent Earth, Agent Fire, <laughs> Agent Water too, right? Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so Olivia walks in, and yes. Olivia is the woman that we saw from the beginning. She was the one who was having an affair with with Gary. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cass just immediately calls out the fact that they were having an affair. Yes, he does. Um, but as the wife kind of explains, she's like, mm, "Yeah, but we sort of had like an arrangement. I was seeing somebody. He was seeing somebody. We were married. It was fine." Um, so somebody says she's not a witch, and Dean says just the best wife ever. Um, and then I think Castiel says, "Then what got him killed?" And this line, I don't know if it was just from the outtakes, and they kept it in because when he says, "Then what got him killed?" Dean goes, "Who gives a shit?" <laughs> but they just cut out before he says shit. Yeah, and it's incredible. They don't do stuff like that in Supernatural. They don't do much of that. Yeah, and they, there's a couple of smash cuts that are really good here. Like there's this going to happen. Um, because what they that they smash cut to is this dude on a uh, the top of a building getting ready to commit suicide. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna find out later that the guy was committing suicide because he lost all his money when Roman Industries went went under. Yeah, which yeah, is a weird a, a weird side back. effect. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, but he's he's committed suicide. He's lost all of his money. Uh, he steps off the building and just steps onto thin air, and then kind of opens his eyes and looks around like what happened. And then when he looks down and realizes, well, first he he thinks this is a miracle. God wanted me to live. Yeah. Uh, instead of jumping back like a like a like a smart person would do at this point, he looks down and sees the fall, and that's when he actually falls and and loses. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were several eyewitnesses to this, which is why the cops get brought in and why the uh, the, de- the detective call. Agent yeah. Crosby, Stills, and Nash, in, so that, to check like, it out. Nobody like. Do they just say it in a different order so that nobody picks up on it? I don't know. Um, somebody says sounds like something out of a cartoon. Somebody, I think Dean says like Bugs Bunny, <laughs> and uh, Castiel's reaction to Bugs Bunny is, is this some insect rabbit hybrid. I would kill it. <laughs> <laughs> Having to explain what cartoons are to Castiel is very hilarious, and I. C- Dean does his thing where he just doesn't, can't, and I don't, Dean, he's an angel. (laughs) Like, you've known him for four or five years now. Like, you know that he just doesn't pick up on stuff real easy. Like, he doesn't know what fucking Bugs Bunny is. Just explain it to him like he's a, like he's an actual person and not like somebody that missed out on seeing Scott Pilgrim versus the world back in 2004 (laughs) or some shit, right? Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm Castiel and I haven't read all nine graphic novels of Scott Pilgrim, Dean. What do you want from me? Okay, I listened to a little back. Is that okay with you? Is that all right? Jesus. Um, they they head back to the hotel. Castiel's watching cartoons. Um, 
And <laughs> I my my first note was notice there's only two beds. But then Dean calls it out and he says, uh, Cass, you gonna you gotta book a room or what? Cass is like, No, I'll stay here. Uh Dean's great line here is, Oh, okay, we'll have a slumber party, braid Sam's hair. Where are you gonna <laughs> sleep? And this just the back and forth of I don't sleep, and Dean's like, Well, I need my four hours, so like take a hike, which okay, shut up, Dean. Uh <laughs> Cass, you know, just being like, I'll watch over you. Like, I don't see what the problem is here. Yeah, that seems like a totally um, normal thing to do. But I love the braid Sam's hairline. It's really um, good. But Castiel, he he has a police scanner in his brain because frequencies. Because frequencies. Um, and they catch a they catch a story about a bank robbery in progress, and they head down there to check it out. Before we get to the bank robbery, uh, Castiel, as he was watching the cartoons, before we have the whole bed arrangement situ- conversation, yeah, uh, he yeah. tries. He's like, "Oh, now I get cartoons. Uh, the the <laughs> the Roadrunner is God." <laughs> And it goes oh, into yeah. into this long winded metaphor, just complete like no, no, it's not like. But now I get it. It's it's you know, man eternally chasing their creator or whatever, and being tortured by yeah. him. And, and Dean is just looking at him like, what? Why are you here? What what, what, what? is this? <laughs> what? Um. Yeah, they head to the bank, and there's some cartoony things going on here. Somebody was crushed by a giant anvil. Doesn't it, doesn't have spot. Doesn't it have the word anvil written on it? I think it does. I yeah. think it does. Uh, also, they use like black holes that were like drawn on the walls to get in um so it's you you might have noticed there's some cartoony stuff going on i like this um exchange because they're they're looking at this dude who's obviously been squashed by a, by an anvil uh and dean <laughs> castiel is trying so hard to be a good hunter like he just really wants to like investigate mm-hmm. and learn stuff and all of this stuff and dean just looks at him as like can you lift that and Castiel look, looks exhausted, like he's been asked to lift fifteen things today already. We just haven't seen it. Like, stop <laughs> testing my strength, Dean. I, 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 yes, I can lift the anvil. And as you mentioned, sure enough, you lift it up, and there's an X marks a spot underneath, which is pretty funny. It's just us being able to see how that Cast literally has super strength. <laughs> like, keep him around, you guys. He's a super strong wizard. He's a fucking superhero. Train him how to he's- be a hunter and be nice to him. <laughs> He'll be the best hunter of all time. I know you guys, like, have so much competition between the two of you already, but, like, let this guy in. The, uh, the, the detective lady comes back, um, and she says, she explains that there's been a rash of bank robberies that, by the black hole robber, uh, call it because of the weird black holes that he leaves behind him, which, I mean, if I was robbing something, I wouldn't want to leave anything behind. Like, I don't need to be, like, the wet bandits or anything. Just let me bring all my shit back with me. <laughs> uh... But uh, so they they realize that there's 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 got to be a pattern here somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> time for research. Time for research. Uh, they go back to the hotel. Castiel is oh reading Dad's diary oh my and God. tells Dean that his dad has a lovely handwriting, <laughs> which is had beautiful handwriting. It's beautiful handwriting, Dean. His father. Uh, and I've, I've seen John Winchester's handwriting. It's John not, Winchester in there, just with dust in all of its pockets. <laughs> it's amazing that that dude could write a straight line, much less like oh form letters God. onto a page. I'm still not convinced. It could just be Bobby writing that for him. It could just have been Bobby, honestly. He, John Winchester just photocopied all of Bobby's notes. Um, all jokes aside, though, this turns into a really... Kind of tender and intimate moment between these yeah. two. Uh, Dean asks him how Sam he's, must have been in the bathroom or something. Yeah, where's Sam at? Where is Sam, everybody? Braiding his hair in the bathroom? Who yeah. knows? He's, just uh, like having, he's having a dream in the bathroom right now. Uh, Dean asks how Cass is feeling. Cass yells says he's fine. Uh, Dean kind of pushes the issue. 
like, I want to know how you got out of purgatory. This doesn't seem right. Um, you should go to heaven to find out. And when he mentions heaven, Castiel has this immediate and abrupt reaction and shuts him down. Uh, what I expected to happen here, uh, and what I think anybody would be would be forgiven to expect, is for Dean to be like, oh, you want to yell at me? I'm going to yell at you. Or I'm going to just go leave, or I'm going to shut down, or whatever. Instead... Mm-hmm. This new Dean that I've hardly ever seen before stands up and walks over to Castiel for like some one-on-one time and is like, hey, tell me what's going on. Uh, and I, I like this so much. This is so good. Like Dean, mm-hmm. it makes me feel like Dean is maturing a little bit. Even if he won't do this with Sam, at least he's willing to do it with the man that he loves, if not the brother that he loves. <laughs> yeah. Um, Castiel talks about how he had the Leviathans inside him. He was causing all of the suffering on Earth and like literal devastation in heaven. Um, and he says he can't bear to see what's become of heaven. Because as far as Castiel knows, because he is shut off. He doesn't know that he's being taken back by Naomi and, and interviewed. As far as Castiel knows, he has destroyed heaven. He has ruined everything up there. And he says that if he went up there and he looked at that the destruction that he caused, that he might kill himself. He might not be able to live with that. He's already discussed in, in the last episode how he felt that staying in purgatory is what he deserved, and that was his penance. And Castiel is not human. Castiel is an angel. I think that we really do forget that sometimes, other than just him like acting acting quirky because he doesn't get regular human stuff and he has powers, but like he's an angel, and I feel like they are like lawful good. <laughs> that's, that's what they are supposed to be. Sure. Like, Castiel has a, a core value that like cannot waver in the same way that a a, a humans can and obviously castiel's values do waver and that's what makes him special um but there is still that thing of i did something incredibly wrong and i must bear the punishment for it that i'm an angel and this is what i must do you know i'm not lucifer i'm not gonna go wreak havoc somewhere else or just be like it's fine i got away with it he's castiel and he is you know he doesn't serve the ends of heaven anymore, but he still is what he is, and he still believed that he deserved to pay for what he did. It's um, it's interesting that God gave angels guilt. <laughs> like, yeah. that's a fucked up thing to do, my lord. Uh, it's it's just a, it's just a mean thing to <laughs> my do, <laughs> my lord. <laughs> um, I, I, I think it's interesting that Castiel has this guilt and like it's preventing him from going to confront the problem or to confront mm-hmm. the 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 people that he has that he believes that he is wronged or that he actually wronged, whatever. Right. Um, because this is a, a Destiel moment, uh, by any stretch of that, of that definition, uh, <laughs> yeah. it immediately has to be interrupted. So Sam interrupts it, uh, and he comes in. He was out doing um, some research, and uh, he found out that uh, the robber was robbing uh, an apartment across the street from when the heart guy, uh, when his heart exploded. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he has kind of put together this thing. Uh, there's been cases, there's been weird cases of a bunch of stuff like this that not necessarily fatal, uh, but it happens generally in the proximity of a, of a place getting robbed. And uh, all of those places that are getting robbed are tied back to residents of, a, of the retirement center. I don't remember how they got to the retirement center thing at all, but whatever, it's I don't like, care. <laughs> I think everything is within like a certain radius. Yeah, yeah. it's an AOE this, effect. Like he's he's walking around AOE with effect. a dome around. They him. literally say area of effect. <laughs> they do. At some yeah. point. Um, and that's like what that's what's going. This this senior center is at the center of uh, everything that's been going on. So yeah, there's there's like, a right. there's a map with some circles with some X's. Like they're they're drawing stuff. It's it's a whole Sam investigation. Sam was doing thing. hunter stuff. Sam was doing hunter stuff, and Destiel we're, we're doing Destiel yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um. So they go over there and start interviewing the residents. 
of this place, uh, Dina Castiel uh, start asking this woman who, uh, like, you know, wear her rings and stuff, or maybe her bracelet or something, like, did, did she wear that they got stolen? She keeps calling Castiel uh, Charles, because it's, uh, that's her husband's name or something. Right. Um, she says, like, the, the the most talkative person around there is a cat, and she points at the cat. Castiel runs and decides to interrogate the cat, which is yeah. very hilarious. Yeah. Good stuff. Good Castiel stuff right that. I just... They they do their time to talk to old people bit here, but they actually like use it a little bit more. Like there there is there is uh there's some plot happening here a little bit. Yeah, this is this is fine. Um, Sam has kind of like wanders off and uh, meets up with one of the nurses aides who has like really bad tattoos and bad facial hair. Um, yeah, which so apparently this guy's coming back. <laughs> which reminds which reminds Sam of spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like spaghetti? You might be interested in our new podcast. Don't give up spaghetti. A Mario part. Anyway. Um, Sam's just thinking about eating this guy's hair, and then he remembers that time with Amelia that he made spaghetti. Apparently, Amelia and her dad have a tradition of eating spaghetti and hot dogs when they move into a new place, because they move down around a lot. Uh, I don't know if we want to spend a lot of time on this. This Amelia stuff is really dragging me down, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, yeah. I don't... Uh, I think she's a fine actress. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with her. I like, I like her dad as an actor a lot. Uh, this stuff is obviously, like as you mentioned at the beginning, like they're they're coming to a point where you can't, you know, Sam's going to re- come to a realization out of all of this. But in the meantime, it's just like her dad being kind of passive aggressive and Sam like pretending he doesn't know what passive aggressiveness is. Like, yeah. he's, like Sam, you were raised in the Winchester family. You know how this shit works. <laughs> he's trying to pretend he's not one of like the four most impressive people on planet Earth. <laughs> just get grilled by this dude who was in the army. Um, It's... And it, the, the dad is basically quizzing him, like, I, kn- I know what my daughter is running from, and I, I, I what, where are you running from, Sam? Uh, Sam comes back to the present. This is one of my, this is one, this is my big complaint about this episode, Chris, right here. Sam looks at a picture on a wall and is like, huh. Dean walks over and is like, what are you doing? And uh, Sam says, hey, do you remember Fred, dad's old friend? And Dean says, the psychokinetic? Absolutely, I remember Fred. Well, Fred's the most ri- powerful man we've ever met? <laughs> well, Fred's right here. He's in this hospital. And Dean's like, what? I just feel like this is the most... I feel like if you removed, if you excised all of the Amelia stuff out of this, you could have given the boys just a little bit more time to find out that Fred was a psychokinetic without having it be one of John Winchester's old friends. Right. I don't, I don't think that anything is gained by it being John Winchester's old friend at all. They literally could have walked by a door and seen a dude watching cartoons and been like, Hmm. Yeah, and Wait do what and do what they do, which is tested out by hitting themselves in the head with a hammer and seeing stars. Yeah, yeah. normal, totally normal thing to do. Um, is this where they like threaten to kill him and they get kicked out? Or is uh, close? Episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close. Castiel. We see Castiel who is still interviewing the cat, uh, and then when the when he walks off, the cat says, "Dumbass." There's a uh, there's a credit in the in the IMDb on this uh, for Robert Singer as quote Bob voice only. So I think Robert Singer is the voice of dumbass. I have not confirmed that, but I think that's pretty hilarious if true. Interesting. Uh, but yes, they go over to meet Fred. Uh, Fred is, is zonked out. He's just kind of staring mindlessly at cartoons. Uh, they can't wake him up. They can't talk to him. Castiel suggests that they kill him. They say, no, we're not going to kill him. And the doctor overhears and they kicks them out of the place entirely. Yeah. Uh, not, I guess not something that doctors are super cool with you saying to their patients. Yeah, I guess, guess not <laughs> crazy enough, but like, you know, the, uh, the next set kind of the next segment, I guess, um, is, uh, Fred, 
who again is catatonic watching TV, is changing the channels with his like finger, like the, telepathically or psychokinetically or whatever. Kind of like that kid in uh, X Men Two uh, that Wolverine walks by before the house gets attacked. If anybody yeah. knows that yeah. reference, um, finally finds some cartoons in the background of all of this. A lady is about to uh, blow out her candle. It's her birthday. It's a, it has a birthday cake. They have a real big kind of novelty candle uh, on the cartoon. There's a someone has put uh, either Tom or Jerry or whatever I don't I don't remember exactly what it was has put One like a, a stick of dynamite onto a birthday cake uh, and it goes we get this juxtaposition of the the candle burning out and this stick of dynamite you know the what is that thing called on a stick of dynamite why can't I remember that that a word wick? a wick no that's a candle uh, a fuse fuse that's what I'm looking ah. for ah yes yeah so as the wick on the candle and as the fuse on the dynamite approach each other. It kind of goes back and forth, and then there's a giant explosion, and it looks like blood is splatters everywhere in this retirement home. But it's not; it's a fake out because it's we go—it's just, just a pastry mishap. We go to commercial, and it's actually the cake that has exploded everywhere, which yeah. has to be just a motherfucker to clean, Chris. That can't be great. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd be like, I'm moving out. I can never clean this again. You can't move out. It's the retirement community. This is where oh, you true. go when You're you have there forever. when you have moved out. <laughs> yeah, this is this is your last stop, Holmes. <laughs> So someone around here notices uh, Castiel. Uh, he he notices that the nurse is wearing Mrs. Tate, the woman that he interviewed. He notices that this woman is wearing Mrs. Tate's bracelet. Yes. Um. So he's like, "You stole this from her," but she says, "No, my boyfriend gave it to me." Um. Guess who her boyfriend is, Chris? In my notes, I wrote, "It's got to be Necktack guy, right?" Yep. <laughs> of course it is. One hundred percent. It's Necktack guy with the bad facial hair. The guy that looks like he would steal from old people. That's that's who it is. <laughs> I don't know why I take the time in my notes to like speculate. Like by the time I have to refer to these notes, I will have the answers. Yeah, it's because it's it's gonna it's because uh, we're gonna eventually publish a book with all of our notes in it, and it's yes. gonna be the Monster of the Week notes, and it's just gonna be like five pages per episode of me th- th- saying Chaos. increasingly random shit. Yeah. Um. So everybody are the the guys as as we refer to them now. I guess the guys all it's go the to boys when it's Sam and Dean, and it's the guys when Castiel's with them. Okay, that's I can accept this. Uh, the guys all go to chase down this dude. Um, I've kind of lost my place. This is where they find him. They go to his house, and he's like bleeding on the floor from a gunshot wound. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh and Castiel like Dean kind of gestures and Castiel heals him. So, just just to list it out, he can heal things, he can mm-hmm. transport long distances in the blink of an eye, he mm-hmm. can tune into police scanners with his thoughts, mm-hmm. and you guys are still being a shitbag about him becoming a hunter. Also, uh he's strong as hell. Also, he's got he's the he has the strength of like nine dudes, which is pretty he's good. He's working really hard on um his jokes and on being part of the team. Yeah. Uh, and he's just a good friend. And he's already got dope threads. He's already got a dope-ass trench coat. He's got a dope-ass trench coat. You he need to dressed- go to a nightclub to investigate some vampires? Castiel's dressed as a detective already, so he's ready to go. He's ready to go. He dresses like an FBI agent in his day-to-day life. Like, that's the way yes. that dude looks. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Castiel heals the dude. Uh, the nurse lays out this whole story about, uh, he... I don't I don't remember exactly how this all comes about, but what ends up happening is the administrator, the doctor at the facility, had somehow discovered Fred's abilities and started using him to steal from the residents' old homes, because when the residents come there, I guess they leave all of their valuables behind to think they're abandoned houses, which I mean, yeah. it doesn't make a lot of sense, but okay. Like I I mean in some cases I know it makes some sense, but like, come on, y'all. Uh, it just this feels like such a shitbag thing to do that I I just like can I, what? 
Yeah. I, so Mahoney, who's the name of this doctor, he okay. said he's gonna he's planning on killing Fred, the psychokinetic guy. Yes. Once he goes for one last big uh robbery. Yep. Now this neck tech guy here, whose name I don't even fucking know, uh I for some reason this I thought this guy gave like a really good performance. He just like He's nervous, but he's just like, I don't know. There's something about him. I was like, this, this just doesn't seem like a supernatural extra. Uh, uh, maybe maybe I, others wouldn't like him, but. I love his reaction when uh, Castiel heals him, and he's just more mm-hmm. freaked out about that than anything he's ever seen before. He's like, yeah. and Dean is just like, you got to answer the question. And he's like, what did you do to me? I, I, what What is going on? <laughs> it's really good. Um, so they, so Dean, I think at this point, Dean says something about uh, how somebody is living in a dream world. Which triggers yet another flashback for Sam, who goes back and uh, has this whole conversation with... uh, Gets out his old um, Rilo Kylie records, and he's like, we're going to listen to Living in a Dream World, let's do this. Uh, Yeah, he uses his hunter hearing to listen in mm-hmm, on Amelia mm-hmm. and her dad talking shit about him and how he wants to like bring her home, and how she's just running away. Uh, and then is this the part where she like insists that like Sam makes her happy? So like, who gives a shit if she's running away? Yes. Like we're running away yeah. together. I think is what she says. Like we're, we're in this together. He makes me happy and that's all I need. Also uh, like we bought a house. It's kind of serious now. Yeah. Like also don't buy a house if you're not married. Like I, I'm, yeah. I mean, you know, I know marriage is but a piece of paper, but it's a pretty legal one in the United States. Please don't buy a house if you're not married. <laughs> it's, it's not going to, it's not going to end up well for anybody. No. Uh, assume like, how did she even buy this house with Sam's non-existent credit history? Or did Sam's he just got- hack himself some credit? I- I don't fucking know. There's no way to know how Sam pulled this shit off. I think Sam definitely hacked himself from credit. Like, all of a sudden, he went from a... Keith Sam over here applying for new credit cards. He went from a 14 credit score to an 876 overnight. What does she think his last name is? Because there's no way that he gave his real name to anybody. (laughs) But he said Sam, right? Like, he he did say, hmm. Yeah, I think she knows his name is Sam, but, like... He says it's like he probably says it's Samwell or something. It's not even fucking Samuel. He we won't. He's never gonna come fully clean. Chris, what would your reaction be if you met somebody whose last name was Winchester in real life? Like if you were if you were just like at, like at a party and like so your friend was like, oh hey, do you know do you know Bob? And like, oh no, not, I've never met Bob. Hey man, I'm, I'm Chris Mosier. Oh hey, I'm Bob Winchester. Like what would you be like? Pardon? <laughs> do you know? <laughs> Do you know a Sam or a Dean? Do you get this question all the time? Do you want me to leave? Okay, I'll stop. Yeah, yeah. Do you want uh, me to? I live. I live next to a town called Winchester. Yes. So mm-hmm. I see it all the time. Well, and I, I mean, I live close to a town called Crowley. Like, do you want to? Is this a, a dick measuring contest? What are we doing? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> they find out the plan or whatever. <laughs> And they start yeah, chasing after cartoon plans or something. I uh, you know, all this cartoon stuff. It's it's good. It's funny, but it, there's just not enough of it in here for me. There, we're going to get to a little bit more in the back end, but uh, there's something missing from it. And I don't know what it is. Um, I don't care for the the cartoon stuff at all. I just think that the like back and forth dialogue stuff with Castiel and all that. I think that stuff is funny. I think that's what makes the episode good. Yeah, I can. I, I might actually be with you there. Um, so uh, I think the core concept of this episode is actually pretty fucking stupid. <laughs> So, uh, what happens? So, I'm, I'm just sorry. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm losing Sam, my. Tr- Sam's in fucking Dream World. Yeah. Uh, then they head to the next. They head to the next robbery spot. Yes. Um, Dean is able to slip in through the like the black hole there there that the guy has thrown on the bank wall. So he sneaks yeah. into this this bank. Um, Sam they- and Cass they go down to to track down Fred. He's watching cartoons in the back of a van. Because the doctor has a kidnapped Fred, he's just bringing him to all these places so that his area of effect spell can work. Um, Cass 
grabs a hold of Fred, and I guess he transports him and Sam inside of Fred's brain. Yes. And then they're on a cartoon, like, green screen land thing. Um, and then... And Fred remembers who Sam is. Yeah. He, but yeah. he thinks it's only been three or four years since he... Because uh, I think at some point he's like, you're John's kid? The shrimpy one? <laughs> and Sam's like, yeah. yeah, I got big. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a moose. I'm 225 feet tall now. <laughs> um, um, so, th- this is where this, this episode... Uh, kind of veers weirdly for me. So this dude is obviously like living in his own head. Um, we're going to cut back and forth between Sam and Cass trying to get this dude out of his own head again. And mm-hmm. Dean um, clashing against Mahoney, the, the, the literal cartoon villain of this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam and, and Cass, Sam especially seems to be like, this is all your fault. You're not paying attention to the outside world and your powers are running rampant. Um, this guy's like tries to say like, oh, I'm I'm actually losing my mind, and that's a terrible thing for somebody like me. Like I'm, I'm actually, and right. Sam is like, no, 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 you can you can just be better if you try. And I'm like, uh, my Sam. dude, my dude, it seems like very much it's like a, they don't actually call it Alzheimer's or anything, but it definitely seems right. like some sort of mental degeneration disease or some, some sort of right. disease that you know. I don't think anything that works like that, Sam. I think you're a Spamford degree is like, like kind of peeking it's, out of your and lapel it's here. Weird. Like they try to play it off like, oh wait, he doesn't actually have Alzheimer's. Like he's just watches too many cartoons. Like they do a weird like half step with it. Like is it like is it a, a sad story about an old man with powers who's now losing his mind, or is it just like? I don't, I'm running away from reality. <laughs> like, what 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 are they going for here? Yeah, and they can't like if you're if you're going to take a step in that direction, like um if you're going to do like what Logan did with Xavier. Uh, wow, this is a real X Men heavy episode. Sorry about that, Chris. Um, but where you have a guy with like these astounding mental abilities, slowly but surely losing his mind. Like, how do you you can't just kill him? Like, that's not moral just to kill him. Uh, even though. Yeah, that's mean. <laughs> That would be a very mean thing to do, but it like maybe would have saved some lives. Um, yeah, I mean, that was Castiel's but, plan. <laughs> <laughs> um, Castiel had seen Logan at this point, so he was he yeah. was already <laughs> he lives in all times. Um, but they don't they don't really do anything with it, uh, and it's 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 kind of a bummer. They just kind of talk for a while. I do like some of the effects around the green screen because like when the dude starts talking um, kind of lucidly, the the TV that is show that is his mind and a lot of the walls and ceilings kind of focus in. And when he starts kind of drifting, it goes to static, which I think is a mm-hmm. decent enough metaphor for probably yeah, what yeah, he's going sure. through. That's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, they just kind of bring him out of this. Like he's like, it's no big deal. And, and he's just going to be totally fine for a little while. Uh, and then it's back to like Dean. Dean with like a frying pan, getting hit in the face. He shoots his gun, but it just says bang instead of actually having a bullet. Um, it's just lots of uh, cartoon stuff. Yeah, this is okay. Um, it's I mentioned earlier that it doesn't go enough far enough for me, and it's uh, like at one point Dean brings out a, a hugely oversized marker, and it was like I put it X, X marks the spot there, and an anvil falls, and I don't I don't know, man. Like uh, there's something missing here for me, and I don't I don't quite know what it is. Uh, I really liked. I thought that this was going to be horrific effects of cartoons, like when we saw the mm-hmm. chest exploding and we saw the anvil exploding. But now that we're like in silly land, like it's not just like a series of increasingly weird deaths. I'm just not as into it. Like hitting right. him with in the face with a frying pan and having Dean's like face be in, you know, inside the frying pan now is just like okay, cool. I guess like yeah, I fine. what I don't I, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to like track down what is actually missing for me here. Like I don't what, why don't you like it? Tell me why don't you like this? Stuff? I think it's just the whole idea of like oh there's these cartoon deaths, but it's not like I th- I was expecting there to be some psychic, some trickster, some something that is killing people in cartoony ways because that's what that's their kink you know instead of it being like 
an accident of a man who doesn't know what he's doing and then somebody else taking advantage of that and then them just throwing in little cartoon things. Um, I don't know. I just like, I, I don't, I didn't care that much. I really just liked this episode because of dialogue and, and the back and forth between our, our characters here. Um, but yeah, something, something falls flat with it and I don't know what. Yeah. I think I would have liked like an all out, maybe just like rumble in the bank where they're all scrambling and like weird shit just keeps happening to everybody or, or I, I don't know. I almost wonder, uh, and this is not to, to backseat drive the production on this episode. Like, I wonder if uh, we had seen some actual like cartoon stuff that they could interact with. And I realized the mm-hmm. budget on that, like that is, is crazy. It would be crazy high, but uh, like the scene earlier when they see Fred and they want to test out the, uh, they want to test out to see if the area effect is real. Dean hits himself in the face with a iron bar or some shit. And like, you can hear birds tweeting, but you don't like actually see the little cartoon right. birds. And I think that maybe some of that is what's missing to land this. Whereas like the heart pumping out of the chest, like was such a good CGI effect. Like it looks right. over the top and ridiculous, but it's because it is, it's cartoonish. Like that's, it, and, it works. And they still go, they still go like the grotesque route with that. Mm-hmm. So like, it feels like that's what that would look like in the real world. Um, and they kind of only, they, they go like half and half. Like it either, does look very cartoony or it's this very grotesque thing like they couldn't quite figure out whether they wanted it to be like really serious and dark but mm-hmm. like you know dark humor like darkly funny or if they just wanted it to be funny so it's kind of it's a weird in between so uh the outcome of this is that um fred shows up and uh, immediately kind of puts a stop to everything mm-hmm. um it there during this fight um the the gun stopped the, the area of effect goes away, and so the, the doctor, Mahoney, points a gun at Dean, um, because now he can actually use guns, and they just won't come out with the, the bang thing. Uh, but Fred stops him and uh, literally makes this dude shoot himself in the face, which is pretty fucking brutal. Dark. Fred, what dark. are you doing? Um, also, kind of kind of the same thing, like, that's a super dark thing to do after this weird cartoon fight. Yeah, <laughs> and I realized, like, I, I just kind of think, like, you could probably just turn that dude into the police. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I mean, he stole some stuff. Like, he didn't, and I realized he kidnapped you, and he kind of used your powers without your permission. But I don't think that that's like a. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I don't believe in capital punishment anyway. But I don't think you should get the death right. sentence for that. He wasn't murdering anybody on purpose, yeah. except for he was going to try to murder Dean. Everybody yeah. else, I think, was just like, well, uh, it was just part of it. Just I don't a little know. accident. I'm not making yeah. excuses. It, this was just a dark turn. That's I just all. don't think. I think you should turn this dude into the police and let him get like go. go to jail and lose his license right. and not get like I, I weirdly committed suicide in the middle of this bank robbery yeah. <laughs> while I had 10 different chairs of shoes on and that explains the footprints anyway yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, also I wrote down Sam's Sam's line that he uses when he wakes Fred up from his mm-hmm. dream and he says you gotta wake up because if you don't um, trying to keep that dream alive will destroy you. It will destroy everything. So that's where Sam has gotten with his flashbacks. My uh, my, my note in this uh, is that Sam t- tells Fred that he can't live in a dream world and then talks to himself for like 20 minutes because that's exactly <laughs> what he's doing. Fred's <laughs> like, all right, man, I heard you. What I, are you I get talking it. about? <laughs> Sam, calm down. Jesus. Did John teach you how to talk this much? Jesus, man, chill out. Jesus. Got dust in all your pockets over here. So is this uh is this Sam coming to to realize that he can't run from who he is? He this can't is run from him being a hunter. Realizing he yeah he he can't run from it. He shouldn't have run run from it. And if he keeps trying to run from it, if he keeps telling himself that he can go back and be normal, uh, then it's going to destroy everything. It's going to keep causing problems with Dean. It's going to keep causing problems with Kevin and all of this this hunt that they're on is only going to bring pain. If he if he keeps trying to cling onto Amelia, because uh, we also learned in a flashback, I think that 
Did we get this one yet? Where she gets a call. Oh, it's the end of the episode, so we'll go back to that. Um, but yeah, I, I he's realizing this is bad. He can't have a normal life, and it's it's almost like that little tiny arc that they had in season one, where Sam tried to run away from being a hunter and cut off contact with everybody and dropped everything uh, and decided that he was done with the life. But then after a few things happened, he realized I'll never be done with the life. No matter what I'm, I'm stuck in this. I'm a hunter. That's who I am. That's what's in my blood. And I can, I, I have to do it. I have to stop trying to pretend like I'm anything else. Um, seven years later, he's just doing the exact same thing. Coming yeah. to the exact same realizations. This is this. This feels like Sam has done this several times before. Um, yeah. It feels like Sam has in, in season one. It was oh, we're we're gonna be done after John. You know, I'm gonna find Dad and I'm gonna go back to school. Uh, and and or we gotta you know we gotta avenge this or we gotta stop the apocalypse that or we gotta get my soul back or do do whatever. But like after each time, he seems to be want to be he seems to want to be done with hunting, and then. At some point, he, each- <laughs> he comes back immediately, and the thing yeah, is, he's, yeah. he's good at it. And I, I just like they—they're making this into a big deal, especially with all the flashbacks. Like they want this to be a a moment of Sam, for Sam to appreciate, like, oh hey, I I can't have that apple pie life. Like like Dean couldn't have it either. I'm just mm-hmm. like Dean, and that I'm I'm born and bred in the muck and the dirt and the and the filth and all of this. Um, but it it, it got like there was. I guess that my problem was I never ever believed that Sam would go away from hunting at all like like forget that there's right. season 9 through 13 or 14 of the show right like forget that even in this like i never i never believed sam when he said like this we're gonna find kevin we're gonna kill the demons and then i'm just gonna go back to this girl that i just abandoned in this house that we bought together um yeah, i literally <laughs> snuck off in the middle of the night <laughs> uh i just never believed that from sam and so for him to have this moment where he like comes to this conclusion is is really funny to me not funny but it's it's just it's that makes it less impactful let's say that the only thing I'll say that I guess this illuminates is like if if we're supposed to care about this relationship is that when he snuck out in episode one to go meet up with Dean and she wakes up and sees him going and doesn't do anything. Um, it just makes it seem like she always knew that this was coming and that she always knew that Sam Winchester was going to run away. Exactly. From her um, or whatever. Or not. maybe not it, so much that it's running away. It's just it's running back. So let's uh let's let's finish out the events of this episode and yeah, then uh, yeah. get to the most ridiculous plot twist at the end of this, which I am just flabbergasted about. <laughs> it's full full on soap opera. Let's do so, this. So uh so Fred realizes like, hey, I'm I'm an old dude. I I can't keep my faculties. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know like I don't know my powers. Are, this is going to happen again. My powers are going to go crazy. And Castiel says, um, I have an idea that might fix it. It's going to be super painful. And you may not you may not make it through it, but I have an idea. And his idea, I guess, is just to turn this dude like totally inward, so that he doesn't have a brain anymore. I, I guess the implication is that he took away the powers, and by taking away that much of the, of somebody's soul, like or that that much of their power, that much of their self, that they become kind of catatonic, and so, not catatonic, but kind of become a shell of who they were. Um, but the way that this is presented in the show because immediately after the scene in the bank we go back to the retirement home and fred is just in a chair kind of staring blankly at the tv and sam and dean are like what's what can you talk to him and and Cass says oh he's just listening to ode of ode to joy and in his head and it's beautiful like that seems like a like it fixed the problem but it kind of seems like a bummer move right like it's it's presented as like this happy thing like oh we fixed him and i'm like no you kind of made just a shell of a human being who's listened to the same track of music over and over again 
Yeah, it seems kind of fucked up. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He's don't, smiling, though. He's smiling, though. Sure, I guess. Uh, we get one more Castiel gets teleported to heaven because um, Sam and Dean kind of, I think Dean specifically were like, hey, you know, you did a really good job on this. Like, this is this is really great. Uh, you should ride shotgun with us. And and at that point, Castiel says, no, I think I've figured out that uh, he's taking Sam's speech to heart, too. It's like, I gotta. I think I need to go back to... And then it cuts, and he's back at the office depot in heaven to having this conversation. And uh, who, what is this chick's name? Uh, Naomi. Naomi tells him, like, hey, you, you can't come here. Like, that's not part of the plan right now. I need you on Earth following Sam and Dean around, getting information for me. And he's very confused by that, but he does not gonna remember the conversation anyway. So she sends him back to uh, Earth, and he's like, actually, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to sit here and, and chill out with Fred for a while. Yeah. Um, that sucks that Castiel's brain's being fucked with like that, but, um, he's, I mean, he just fucked with Fred's brain, so it's fine. I just want to um, say, like, I'm super interested in what's happening at the Office Depot at this point. Like, like I, I am- Oh, for sure. For sure. I, I, I'm way into this, so. Um, so at some point, Sam has another flashback, because we just, we couldn't, we had, to, they had to do it to us. They couldn't let us get out without one, sneaking one more in there. Sam starts to bond with Amelia's dad a little bit. He's because, you know, she said Sam makes me happy and the dad is clearly like, okay, well, I'm not going to like actively work against my daughter's happiness here. Uh, And they're bonding a little bit and they're they're sharing beers and uh, he cracks uh, the dad cracks open a beer in a certain way. And Sam says, you know, my brother used to do that that way. And he said, oh, is your brother a good guy? And Sam says he was the best. I lost him. And then I ran. He just kind of comes out with it. Uh, I liked that Dean said he was the best. Because as much as Dean shits on Sam sometimes and I don't like it, I think that Sam often underappreciates how much Dean has done for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that he doesn't want like Dean's shadow hanging over him or he doesn't feel like beholden to Dean. But it's nice to hear him say, yeah, my brother was the best. Because like, yeah, that's... Sam, the only reason you've been able, been able to do anything really is because Dean had your back. <laughs> yeah, this is um, this is good. I, I like this moment. Like Sam realizing, like, oh man, he was he really was the best guy. He had he was there for me for all, uh, any time that I ever actually needed him to be. He he was there for me. Um, but this is interrupted when Amelia gets a phone call and she starts freaking out, and it turns out her dead army husband is actually a real live army husband he's he's, he's alive he's army he's, husband yeah he's, 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 a, he's alive surprise somebody sold their soul and he's back i guess so it, it, the camera cuts to sam too and sam has the most soap opera reaction to this that i've ever seen he's like huh? yeah. if this if it was anime uh-huh. if it was anime it would literally be huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um it's possible <laughs> this is this is like the dumbest twist on this Amelia shit, and I'm yeah. It, it's it's kind of like, like the shit cherry on, on the shit cake. I don't I don't care about Amelia that much. Like I, I care about Amelia insofar as like Sam is having a good time with her, but I don't don't definitely don't care about Amelia's dead husband. Um, had already yeah. forgotten about Amelia's dead husband to be honest with you until yeah. this comes up. Uh, so that happens. Sam goes back to the present. Sam and Dean leave. Castiel sits down next to Fred. And the literal O to Joy music starts playing, which is which is pretty good. Uh, yeah. And that's what Castiel does until probably the next episode. I'm, um, I guess. Here's an interesting thing that just happened to me, Chris. I mm-hmm. started this podcast thinking that I've really enjoyed this episode, uh, and now at the end, I'm kind of <laughs> I'm kind of thinking like I enjoyed some parts of it, but a lot of it just doesn't really work for me. It really just distills down to the back and forth between Dean and Cass and Sam 
um, is really fun. It's really enjoyable. Even like Dean's the who gives a shit line where it cuts away, which again, I'm almost positive that's got to just be an outtake that they left hand because they thought it was funny. Um, all that stuff from it. I was laughing watching this episode like frequently. Uh, seeing Cass in this role was really funny, but I think it's also showing us that like it's just not going to work out the way that we want it to. Cass isn't just going to sit in the back seat of the Apollo while they all hang out. Like it's for, for whatever reason that just will never work out. Yeah. Um, but it was dragged down again by flashbacks. Sam was able to have a helpful realization, which is good, but I just wish they had figured it out like four episodes ago. Um, or we hadn't gotten so many episodes of flashbacks. I don't know. I I would just I could buy I guess I don't like it but I could buy that Sam got a girlfriend and that he moved in with her but if we just get quick flashes of their relationship Sam can tell us more about that relationship by his reaction to it even the one scene where Jared Padalecki looks out the window of the Impala after he's thinking about her for a second and he doesn't say anything and you can tell that it's just like eaten up at him like he misses his girlfriend that is more effective than everything that they're showing us. And I wish that they had just taken the time to do that a little bit. Uh, nothing for me will ever beat that, that scene in season one where Sam looks out the window and he sees the ghost of Jess standing there. And it's like, that says everything that you're ever going to need to say about him and his relationship with this woman. Um, because it's this, this thing hanging over him and it's something that affected him deeply that he's seeing her and not literally, but like, you know, that metaphor says a lot and we could have done something like that with Amelia. Not to that extreme, because I don't think Amelia could ever be Jess, but they, instead they go the, the soap opera route, and I think it drags this episode down, it's dragged several episodes down, and I understand why I think some fans have, have a problem with all of this. I just don't really buy it, and, and I think the more that I see of it, the, the less I buy in on it. I, I think that Sam is just, he, he'd gone too far, and I can understand him checking out. I can understand Sam fucking moving to a cabin in the woods and like living a simple life, but just trying to go back to school and like all these things that they're pushing on Sam. I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't see it. He's, he's been through too much shit. He went to hell. <laughs> he like fought Lucifer. Like he's been through too much shit for him to just say, let's buy a house. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't read for me. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm totally with you on all of that stuff. The The best parts of this episode are Castiel, uh, which is not a surprise to anybody because Castiel is great. Finally having fun Castiel back, I think is, is really good. All of the interaction between him and Dean, especially the kind of like one-on-one, uh, what's going on with you, man, conversation is, is extremely good. Uh, mm-hmm. The base plot here i didn't i didn't particularly care about or, or care care for the uh i think a lot of the cgi stuff like the gruesome kills gruesome cartoon kills is what i was here for and there was only really like two of those and then a fake out mm-hmm. so that was kind of a bummer um but that that heart shot at the beginning really like that when i saw that i was like oh this is gonna be a good episode i like when they get yeah. weird with it and uh all of the rest of it fulfills kind of just doesn't live up to that i think uh mm-hmm. so and I'm, and I'm with you on all the sam stuff too like i, I wish that that was being handled a little better but that said, uh, I really like where Castiel is at right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like if this is a true like decision on Sam's part, and Sam's just going to lean back into the hunting thing, and there's not going to be any more of this. I'm I'm done with it, Dean. Kind of kind of back and forth. I'm, I'll be real happy about that because I like it. It and I know you do as well. When my boys are hunting together, like they're they're mm-hmm. in it together and they're going through it. That's that's the best part of Supernatural for me. Uh, and this this stuff with the uh, uh, Heaven Office Depot, I'm really into as well. So I'm kind of curious what's going to happen with that. Definitely. Yeah, there's there's plenty of great aspects of this episode, but there's just there's a couple shortcomings as well. Yeah, um, 
just to, as a little preview for the next week's episode, I, I'm going to start doing this. I think I like to. I like. I'm going to start yeah, re- yeah. reading the the taglines for next week's episode. Uh, next week's episode is Citizen Fang, and the tagline is Sam puts a tracker on a Benny. Uh oh. Uh oh. So okay, so you're telling me we're going back to some goddamn brother drama Go just back. after we got free Immedi- of it? Immediately back to some brother drama. In this case, I, th- I think I think it's worthwhile brother <laughs> drama though. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how that ends up. We'll see. Are you uh you're good? You want to do the admin and get out of here? I'm good. I'm good. Hey, Jeremy, where are you at on Twitter? <laughs> I'm at JG Greer. The podcast is at MOTW Cast. Uh, Chris, you're at Local Bones. Is that I correct? I sure am. If I you sure want to talk am. to uh, any of us, <laughs> any of us, all of us, or just the Twitter yeah. or whatever, yeah. that's the best place to do it. Uh, thank you to all, all the patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week for kicking in a couple of bucks and getting access to cool stuff and also helping us make sure we do this podcast. That really, really, really helps. And we really just... I don't know that we've like talked about it. It's 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 a very humble and and awesome thing that you guys are directly supporting us Seriously. like that. So so like it's not it's not a humble thing. It's a humbling thing. That's a that's yeah. a different word. Um. <laughs> so thank you to all of you doing that. Uh, yeah. We haven't actually had an iTunes review in a while. Like if you if you haven't yet, like go, go leave an iTunes review. That'd be pretty dope. What well, uh, we'll be back next week with more Monster of the Week. And until then, Chris, what's your what's everyone's favorite tagline? Right in the goddamn nipple. I didn't actually know what you were going to be saying there, so I'm glad that that worked out real well. Did you see uh, Niz's tweet that she put in the Discord today? Uh, I don't know. Um, let me see if I can find it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wasn't expecting a website like Power Thesaurus to provide uh, what I typed, other words for nipple into Google, and yet it gave me, quote, sensitive chest raisin, and I am not disappointed. Oh my god. Sensitive <laughs> chest raisin? <laughs> Welcome to Chris Tries to Fill Time Until Jeremy Gets to His Computer. Uh, today we're going to talk about how Nintendo and Square Enix and PlayStation and my mom and all my friends keep dunking on Final Fantasy VIII. It's a, it's a pretty good game and I don't appreciate uh, the vitriol and frankly this, just the, the utter denial, uh, the utter, utter disregard for this title in the long-running JRPG series. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, hey, Jeremy, what's up, my man? I was not definitely in the middle of doing a bit. (laughs) Hey, Chris Mosier, how are you today? So let me tell you about, I don't understand what the deal with Final Fantasy VIII is. Why Why won't they touch it? What are they doing? What is, what's the problem? What's the problem, everybody? It's on Steam. They're, uh, it's on Steam. They're too scared because the game is so bad, they don't want to ruin the Final Fantasy name. They... Lost. Okay, first of all, they released Final Fantasy thirteen, and that's actually I don't even hate that game. <laughs> I'm not even gonna talk shit. Um, they they released it on Steam, and they also remastered Kingdom Hearts, despite the fact that they lost all the source code for it. So there's a whole long list of excuses, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, I'm tired of them making them. To be honest, the I mean, only thing that makes any sense is that licensing thing with the song, like you said. When's the last time you played it? Uh, a couple years ago, I think. Like, if it was on PS4, would you think he would immediately, like, jump back into it? 
Oh, yeah. I think about playing it like every other day. I play that game <laughs> a lot. It's just one of those things. It's just been like a part of my life. It's not really like a game I play. It's just like a thing that I, I do every once in a while. Huh. It's like me and Chrono Trigger. Yeah. I'll just, you know, like once a year probably play that game. Yeah, there was like a period of like eight years that I just was like always playing Final Fantasy VIII at some point. Like I'd finish whatever game I had just rented and then be like, okay, well, I guess I'll just pop in disc four of FF8 again and just see what I can get up to in here. It's just a thing I was always doing from like age eight to age 16. Is the, um, as I got money, I was able to buy other games. A different video game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how that worked out, right? Like when you were a kid, like you could just, your parents would buy you one video game like a yeah. year and maybe you got two, like, two for Christmas. Now, I guess. <laughs> <clears throat> when I got Final Fantasy VIII, I think it was like an early birthday present for my eighth or ninth birthday. Um, and the game had like just recently come out. And it was only probably like two months till Christmas, but that this was now my game for two months. And I think it, that was all the time it took for me to develop a really, really weird attachment to it. It like consumed my brain in a way that I don't think anything else ever has. <laughs> It was like, because obviously, you know, I, I talk about Harry Potter all the time and, mm-hmm. and Lord of the Rings and stuff like that, even like The Witcher. But like, I've, Final Fantasy VIII is like just a part of my like DNA, which is weird. It sucks that like that's my defining thing. Like a lot of people have like the first time that they heard the Beatles or like, you know, something like more profound <laughs> like that. Like, oh, I read this book and it changed my life. Me, I'm like, I played Final Fantasy VIII and I became emo and it changed my life. <laughs> I, uh, Chris, <clears throat> mm-hmm. I would go so far to say that um, Final Fantasy is better than the Beatles. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say you're wrong. In fact, I'm going to say I agree with you, but I feel like everybody else will disagree. You think we'll lose listeners because of that? Because, <laughs> um, I mean, no, I, I think that everybody already knows that we have hot garbage opinions, so they're not really worried about it. Um... Yeah, I don't think anybody would actually care. I like the Beatles. I don't. Uh, I think the Beatles are way overrated, though. Like, I feel like that we mm-hmm. talk about too much about the Beatles. Mm-hmm. You know how I know that? Because because we're always talking about the Beatles. Because there was a story this week from uh, an interview with Paul McCartney where he uh, told a, he just kind of told an anecdote about him and uh, John Lennon jerking off with each, with each other. Mm. Like they were just mm. in the same room and they were like, oh yeah, we're just going to jerk off together or whatever. Yeah. Um, We've made like a ton of like, I think really awesome podcasts. Yeah. And like, strangely enough, um, we've never, we've never even tried to jerk off at the same time, let alone in the same room. <laughs> I mean, do you think, cause I, every once in a while I'll jerk off on this podcast. Do you, cause I mean, could have happened by accident, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, me, I'm usually trying to, um. I'm usually trying to write my fanfic while you record. So it's difficult. Normally I could do like podcast and um self-pleasure or i can do fanfic and self-pleasure but i can't do fanfic fanfic podcast and self-pleasure all at the same time gotcha you're um that's why you're by and not try because you can only do two things at once that's the way that, that's right that's I the think way that's that works that right? yeah, i'm pretty yeah. sure when you say i'm by it means you could do two things at once i've been accused of virtue signaling so i'm pretty sure that i am educated on ever, all things sex on the internet now. i just got accused of it uh yeah two days ago by whom? So uh, a good friend of mine from college. I say a good friend, even though I haven't seen him in like five years. But every once in a while, we tweet each other. He's a great guy. Seems Mike. Um, good dude. He was just like he was just dunking on some like awful uh, 
conservative figurehead, one of those dudes. Okay. And I just reply back, we're just joking back and forth, and then somebody just swooped into the mentions Uh-oh. and just said something about us virtual virtue signaling and like was like I, I don't remember what it was, but my friend Mike handled it very well. He was very funny about it. He wasn't mean at all. It was good. It was good. But I was just like, why? Why can't we just have a conversation without it always being like nobody else was going to see our tweets unless they followed both of us, which is there, there's maybe one person who follows both me and this kid, Mike. So there's no there's no overlap. We're not doing this for show. Maybe we're doing it to make ourselves feel better because, yeah, you know, it does make me feel better to express my anger towards terrible people. But is that virtue signaling? Because I'm just venting most of the time. <laughs> Chris, tell me about Dragon Quest. It's freaking cool, bro. It's like... So everybody has been freaking out about that Kotaku 30-minute review. And it is really good. I can't remember that guy's name. But he's really passionate about it, and he's funny, and he just... That that kind of thing makes you want to play a game when somebody's really excited about it. Um, he like wasn't trying to be objective. He was just saying, I fucking love Dragon Quest, and this game is really good. And... um. Something he said in there was how it's a it's an after shower before bed type video game. I can't remember this guy's name, so I'm not. That's not a Chris quote. That's a, this guy Kotaku quote. An after shower before bed game. What is like you just like you're ready to relax. You're ready to, to wind down and go to sleep soon. Uh, okay. You can put on Dragon Quest for a little while, and you can run around and you can kill some slimes or whatever. And that's what I have allowed this game to become for me. Um, I just like it a lot. It's a really really solid JRPG. Um, some of it's the stuff in it could feel like it's it's slow and outdated, but I, the more I've adjusted to it, I just really really like it, and it's so polished and it, and it works so well. And grinding is really fun. I had read like maybe don't do too much grinding, otherwise the game will be really easy. Um, but it's just fun. It's just fun unlocking new skills and like going out. Now you can beat that enemy that was giving you a hard time before, and now you have enough items to go and upgrade your weapon. And there's just like this little loop in between, like every major city that you're going to, where you can fight stuff and level up and get new equipment. And it's just a really easy system to fall into. And I tweeted this when I first was playing it because I just did not give a shit about the story, and I didn't expect to. I wasn't. I, that's not what I was here for. Um, some JRPGs have good stories, um, or they have like interesting stuff that happens. And I'm like, I definitely buy in to that kind of storytelling because I have played these games for so many years that it's just something I like. But uh, a lot of times I play a JRPG because I want to like do turbo-based combat and I want to level up and do shit like that. I don't care about the story. But there was a there was a fun little twist where, and this isn't spoilers. I'm not going to tell what the twist was, but uh, shortly into the game, like half an hour, an hour in, um these knights are like head back to your hometown and me in my head i was like chris you know what's gonna happen right now like you know that those bad boys are heading to your hometown and they're gonna fuck everything up they're gonna they're gonna hurt your grandma everybody's gonna be sad and you're gonna roll up on this town it's gonna be like smoky and destroyed and i rolled up on the town and that's not what happened and i won't say what did happen but it was like just it was a subtle subtle twist maybe plenty of people saw that shit coming but it was a subtle little twist i thought hey that's really interesting that's really cool i bet this game has something interesting narratively going on even if like the interactions with you have are just like kind of your standard standard video game stuff there's there's going to be something a little bit in the background that's different and that's unique and that's makes me kind of want to know what's going to happen next um because it's very much a you're a chosen one go do your chosen one quest which is cool fine with that but yeah there's a there's a little twist to it that i like did you that's what i think about dragon quest <laughs> did you play dragon quest 8 on ps2 no I, that's a, this is the only one i've ever played hmm I um, I've told you my story about like the original Dragon Quest, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think so. So, so yeah, like just got a subscription for for Nintendo Power, and they sent me like a, an enormous poster of the world map and like the game. <laughs> <laughs> and I was I was so young that like I had no fucking clue what I was doing, and right. like there was no right. there was no such thing as the internet or anything. Like like I I, and I couldn't call like the one nine hundred Nintendo line. Like I would I would get into a <laughs> lot of trouble. <clears throat> but like it was one it was just like we were talking about earlier. Like it was the one game that I had. Um, I mean, I had mm-hmm. other games, but like I had beat them. So like this was a game that I hadn't beaten yet. So like I just sat down and like tried to figure it out as much as possible, and it was impossible. It was completely impossible. Yeah. But oh, yeah. Dragon Quest Eight, like I put hundreds of hours into that game. Like I would just wake up and get incredibly baked, and then get hyper on some coffee, <laughs> and just sit there. Like Autumn would go to the barn at six in the morning. It'd be at six in the morning. I'm smoking a huge bong and just <laughs> getting ripped, <laughs> and uh, and just like playing uh, Dragon Quest Eight, like. Constantly, like I even got into like the end game, like the post game content, like the real, real hard shit, Damn. and uh, like did all of the. There was some like monster farming sub mini game or something in that game. All of my memories are very hazy, but like I just, I just yeah. remember it really, oh, yeah. like it, yeah, <laughs> really, really liking the uh, like the cell shaded graphics, like it gave me like a wind waker mm-hmm. vibe. So. It's got that same thing now. Yeah, and- yeah it looks really pretty. Like I can't believe I didn't play them earlier, especially eight because eight they really pushed, and I used to see it everywhere, and it's like. It's Akira Toriyama, who does Dragon Ball, mm-hmm. and a JRPG. Like, the, my two favorite things when I was in middle school, and basically now as well. So, like, I don't know what I was thinking not playing that According game, to your Instagram, it's, it's your two favorite things. According to my Instagram, that's what I'm into. So, um, that thing about, like, having no idea what to do in a game, that actually might be part of why I got so into Final Fantasy VIII. Because I rented it. I wanted to rent Final Fantasy Tactics. I've probably told you this story before. And because I, I, let's go back to 1998 or 1999, whenever the hell it was. And I was only eight years old. So when I went to Blockbuster with my mom, she was like, no, you can't rate a, rent a game that's rated T for teen, Christopher. That's not happening. She wouldn't um, listen. When, <laughs> when I went with old man Gary, he was like, no sweat, no sweat. So he let me rent. I wanted to rent Final Fantasy Tactics because on the back of the case, it showed like 20 different characters because it's all the different classes that you can be. But like little boy Chris, who's not bothering to read shit, was like, damn, you can pick all these different characters to play as? That's cool. Um, and I went back to to rent it and like time had moved on and Final Fantasy Tactics wasn't there anymore, but they had Final Fantasy VIII. It had just come out and I looked at it and I was like, why are these men so beautiful? What is going on? Who are these characters on the front of this case? And I just remember looking at it and thinking, like, they, they didn't look like what I was used to with video game characters. I was used to, like, Mario. <laughs> and here were these, like, like 3D graphic pretty people. And so, like, it had, like, a mystique, I guess, to me. I was like, ooh, what are, they, what are these characters going to get up to? What are they going to talk about? Are they going to talk about teen stuff? <laughs> um, <laughs> and so when I got to the... When I rented the game and I started playing it, and it was all this text and all of this reading, um, and I for some reason just got really into it i thought the stupid gunblade was really cool and like all this shit and um it trying it over and over again because i would die and i had no idea how to save the game so i would have to come in and try it again and like i just forced my way through the first half of that game without knowing how to save or without knowing how to use magic or equip any skills or anything i just kept doing it over and over being like i'm gonna figure this out i'm gonna master this and then i'm gonna find out what happens in this story because there's four discs and that means that this is the longest video game that's ever been made by anybody (laughs) why do you need four discs (laughs) i like wasn't even into video games when i was eight like i liked spiral the dragon 
and I liked Mario, and that was like all I knew about, I think, uh, and Sonic. Uh, so this came around, and it was just such an, it just, it was just it's such a fucking video game. And it probably could have been Final Fantasy VII, it could have been Chrono Trigger, it could have been whatever, but it happened to have been Final Fantasy VIII. And just the way that that game took my ass away. Uh, it, that's, I think what makes me love it so much now. Cause then I just like identified with it so much and connected with it so much, which is a weird thing to do. And it just became a thing that like I carried with me to for fucking 20 years. now. I have a, uh, a, a cor- I need to issue a correction. Sure. Sure. Um, as you were talking, I was closing windows out mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. um, there's a, there's a dude I follow on Twitter when I was closing out on Twitter, he was been posting these, um, NES title screens. Like the like, just like the, like yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like the like title screen for each one, and like apparently he was compiling a bunch of them to like have a rotating desktop wallpaper or something. And it just so happens, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not, I don't. This is a really weird coincidence. Uh, and it, there's the tweet that was up when I went to my Twitter app. It was uh, it it's Dragon Warrior was my first RPG. Like a lot of kids, I got it with a Nintendo Power subscription. I didn't get Dragon huh. Quest. I got Dragon Warrior. So that was. Jeremy's fault. That was my B. That was my fault. I, t- I told game. a lie. Same game. It's not the same game, right? Same game. It, it is was the- called Dragon Quest in Japan. And it was called Dragon Warrior in America. Up I was until so fucking confused. Whatever it was, then they changed it to have the uh, Japanese name. Because yeah, because I definitely remember fighting like slimes and stuff in that game. So that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's definitely what you played. Um, did, did you ever see I, that I, for uh, the longest time? Got them confused, but yeah. Did you ever see that PS4 that they sold for a little while? The special edition that's uh, yeah, was the metal slime. metal slime. Yeah, that thing, yeah. That thing looked dope. Oh um, man! Do you want to just jump man, video into? Video games it? are cool. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah let's do it. Video let's games are. We we can talk more about video games because I'm at 98 percent on Spider Man right now. I'll. Uh, so well, would you would you have thoughts on Spider Man that won't spoil anything? Um, I got, Jess hasn't left yet, so I have at least an hour and a half. Before okay. <laughs> cool. Still traffic. Uh. Yeah, Spider Man is real good. <laughs> like I think that Hell fucking yeah. Uh I think that game rules in a lot of different ways. There's like a couple of things that I kinda don't like about it. And there's this weird like online thing where people are complaining that Spider Man is a cop and I'm like, of course he's a cop, he's a superhero. Yeah. Like that's all, su- all superheroes are cops. Like yeah. that's all yeah. they do is like enforce the rules. <laughs> what what are you right. what are you expecting them to do? <laughs> he's not punk rock, all right? He's he's a cop. <laughs> he's 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 a cop. Of course he's working with the police. Yeah, like, um, he's a good dude, but he's still a cop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not all cops, right? Not all Spider-Man right. is what I'm trying right, to say. Not all Spider-Man. Uh, but that game is, like, I think even if you don't care about Spider-Man at all, like, I think you could just, like, get into playing that because the, the combat is so much fun and the swinging around the world is so much fun. And I saw a gif of Spider-Man, op- like, kicking through double doors and then, like, sw- shooting a web and swinging close a group of enemies standing in like a warehouse or something mm-hmm. and just this motion of him kicking indoors with one swing and then a second swing that's like dropped him right in front of the enemies and i was just like oh, i won't play that dude <laughs> there's so many <laughs> there's so many cool <laughs> moments cool. like that man like there's so much stuff that can happen like that like i've just i have literally just uh like been flying around the city and it, it's become a habit now uh i'll just like oh hey there's some crime over there i need to go stop and i'll just like zip up and you know swing over and as i'm just like just fling myself at the spot and then as i'm landing um you can do a what they call a like a web strike mm-hmm. so you hit uh triangle and then it just it'll you shoot your web out and you pull yourself to him and then you punch somebody and that can start combos and stuff so from like 
say like 40 feet in the air, <laughs> like I'm, I'm doing that, and just zipping straight down into a massive amounts of enemies, and everyone's like, huh, what the fuck? And then, yeah. <laughs> and then you just start mowing through them. It's, it's really fucking satisfying. I'm definitely going to get it at some point. It's just a matter of, I, I'll probably just wait for it to go on sale. Yeah. But, um, yeah. cause I need to, I need to deal with the three games that I do have now. So I just started Tomb Raider and I won't get too into that, but cause I've only, like, I'm only a couple hours in, um, right after I played Final Fantasy VIII for the first time, I played Tomb Raider for the first time and I have uh, a real strong nostalgia for this series as well. Um, same thing. Like I saw Squall on the cover. I was like, who's this babe? And then I saw Lara Croft on the cover. I was like, who's this babe? Um, and with both of those things, I got sucked in super hard. Uh, I think I played either two or three of Tomb Raider first. It doesn't matter. But um, the fucking mystery of Tomb Raider, those PS1 games, like they're very difficult. They're very arduous games and they don't hold up super well. But like running around in those environments, there's like no music half the time. This, I had no idea what to do. So as a little kid, I was basically just running around in circles in like a jungle or a tomb trying to figure it out. And they ha- it had so much mystery because I always thought, well, what happens if you're able to solve this, what happens if you're able to get through? Does something cool happen? Is there a story? Like, I just, I had a lot of questions. And there was the, the vagueness and the mystery and not understanding video games. All that, that really, like, added to, to my enjoyment of it in the end. And then, I, you know, I played basically all of them as I got older. Did that, uh, this new did, one, did that first one, did the original Tomb Raider come out on PC and console? I think so. Because I, uh, I definitely had like the weird PC version that had because Idos was um, making them back then, and they had like the mm-hmm. not quite triangle PC game boxes, like they would have yeah. the, the like kind of pyramid box almost. Uh-huh. And I definitely had like one of those, and I remember like fighting the polygonal like tiger or bear or whatever when I was mm-hmm. when I was a kid. So I, I played those, and I, I like those games a lot. I like that first remake game quite a bit. Like I thought it was fun. I watched the uh, the quick look for the new one. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, that just left me completely cold. Like I just like I was watching him, and I, I don't know if it's just because I'm such a big, I've been such on a Spider Man kick, but I was just like, yeah. this is not something that I want to play right now at all. Like it doesn't <laughs> look bad. It looks it looks for like it looks like a great one of those games. I just don't know mm-hmm. that I really want to play one of those games. Yeah, I think I, I just being a Tomb Raider fan in general, like I'm always like, yeah, all right, let's do this thing. Um, it's very reminiscent for me visually of metal gear solid 3 because you're in the jungle and you're hiding and you're creeping around and i like that stuff a lot um but all that aside like i'm I'm having a good time playing it so far um i don't like i generally don't really care about the plot of these games that much i just like playing them and i do mm-hmm. you know i care a little bit um they're doing some cool character development and I, i've read that maybe they don't follow through all the way with it but um with lara and then the side character jonah who's in this game they're they're just doing things and for what i've seen so far the scenes have been really enjoyable and like they're, they're pushing it a little bit further, a little bit harder than they used to with the character development. But my favorite moment so far in the game was I was swimming underwater, hiding from piranhas. I think we talked about this. We did. And for like two seconds, I felt like I was playing Tomb Raider 3 for the first time. Because the outfit that I had on, she had camo pants. And um, in Tomb Raider 3, you're always swimming around in jungles and shit. And you wear uh, like a tank top and, and uh, camo pants. And I was just, I just had like this flashback to being 10 years old and playing that game. And then looking at what I was looking at now, and I was like, holy fucking shit, video games. Like, I, like, time-traveled for half a second, and it was a very surreal experience to look at what I was, like, looking at now. It felt like I was playing a remake, but it wasn't. And so, I don't know. It was it was weird, and it was cool, and it lasted for half a second when I was like, goddamn. That just took me back in time to seeing this on PS1 and being blown away by it. And and now here I am playing it on PS4, and I'm 27, and whatever. It was, it was a cool moment. I, um... 
Has anybody told you about the, the way they do J. Jonah Jameson in the new Spider-Man game? You mentioned Jonah, so <laughs> no. I'm going to talk about is it. Is he great? So, are you familiar with, like, the, you've seen the movies, right? Like, you've seen that take? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, that was the tagline of Chomp Chain Podcast was Spider-Man Criminal. Excellent, good. Um, <laughs> so, instead of having to be the editor uh, in, at large uh, of the Daily Bugle, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a radio talk show host. Interesting. And uh, he is basically like, I mean, he is literally, they, they, they took a lot of inspiration directly from like Alex Jones. Like he is, oh. he, he is a conspiracy theorist. He's constantly yelling at everybody and everything, <laughs> threatening to fire people in, in his, on his staff. People are calling in and saying like, well, actually, Spider-Man saved me. I was like, you think he saved you, but he's really, he's really just doing that because of the police, like just starts yelling, yeah, yelling yeah. and screaming. It's, it's very fun. Like at one point I was, um. They they have kind of like a tower thing in this in this game. So like you find a, a radio tower, or whatever, and you activate it. And that's, you know you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's typical tower bullshit in video. I games. know about video games. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so I finished that. Like I got all the towers or whatever. And uh, like I got every time you finish a side quest, like he'll come on and like kind of rake you over the coals about it. Um. So at one point, like I had to save a building from exploding by releasing these pressure valves. And like the next time he gets on there, Spider-Man was touching utility property that only trained professionals are touch. And, uh, so I finished the towers and like, there was this, there was this thing where he got on and he was like, I think that Spider-Man is trying to hack into our networks and listen to our private phone calls. You know what you say on your phone. You don't want that to be public. Sometimes your wife is out of town and you're lonely and you have a conversation. And I, I'm not saying I do that. I'm just saying that some people do that for to get close to one another. And I'm like, what? Are you talking about having phone sex with your wife, Jonah? What is wrong with you, Jonah? It's really, really great. <clears throat> that sounds good. Yeah, let's, uh, maybe, let's, let's get into it. Okay. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do this thing. Because uh, I have stakes. I don't know what you. I don't know what you have going on, but I have stakes. I have Jess. I have Jess. Okay. Well, stakes trumps Jess. So I'm sorry for sorry for your loss. <laughs> I think she'd agree. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, okay. <laughs> let me bring up the Patreon and let me bring up my notes. And we're. I got a road so it. far. What? Oh, God, it might suck though. I wrote it a couple nights ago. 